and I was freaking out. I thought I was going to die. I, I felt like it actually felt like an eternity. I actually could not move. I was freaking out. Anyway, eventually I end up going back to sleep and then I wake up and it was just... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the What Do You Dream podcast. I'm Nick and today I thought I'd change things up a little bit. It's just me. I've got the creative control that I've been striving for. And I thought I would go down a deep dive into a topic that I found really interesting. So this is going to be a section where I focus on topics that we've talked about in previous episodes, but we haven't really done a huge deep dive. We're more like talked about it in passing. But I thought I'd do a little bit of research, write up a little script and, uh, you know, show you what I've come up with. So today's topic I'm going to be doing a deep dive into is sleep paralysis. So sleep paralysis is a phenomenon that actually affects millions of people around the world from its from its history to its scientific explanation and personal accounts. We'll be covering everything you need to know about sleep paralysis. So yeah, here we go. Sleep paralysis is a phenomenon where people where people are temporarily unable to move or speak while falling asleep or waking up. This can be accompanied by vivid and sometimes terrifying hallucinations. While sleep paralysis is not harmful, it can be a really frightening experience. I can actually attest to that. Causing anxiety, distress, and distress for those who experience it. Sleep paralysis is is not a new phenomenon. In fact, it has been reported in many cultures throughout history. For example, in ancient Rome, sleep paralysis was associated with the god Pan, who was believed to cause nightmares and paralysis. In medieval Europe, sleep paralysis was sometimes attributed to demonic possessions or witchcraft. And in some African and Asian cultures, sleep paralysis was known as ghost oppression or the witch riding your back. That that sounds a little bit rude. I, I know I wrote the script, but it's just, you know, sometimes you just get caught out with things. It's interesting to see how so many cultures have interpreted sleep paralysis over time and how it reflects their beliefs and fears about sleep and the supernatural. One of the earliest cases of sleep paralysis is found in the Chinese book of the, from the 4th century called Miscellaneous Records of Yu Yang. The book describes a man, and I'm going to get this wrong, named Zhong Li Quan, who had a dream that he was being held down by a demon while he was asleep. When he woke up, he found he couldn't move his arms or his legs and that the demon was still there. He prayed to the gods to save him and eventually the demon disappeared and he was able to move again. Now see, the story kind of shows... I mean, it's a classic story, right? It's sleep paralysis and it's always been recognised even throughout the centuries. Now let's deep Let's deve, crikey, let's dive into the science of sleep paralysis. Now, what happens to the brain during sleep paralysis? During a typical sleep cycle, the body goes through different stages of sleep. We should all be aware of this by now, including rapid eye movement or REM sleep, which is most commonly associated with dreams. During REM sleep, the body's muscles are normally paralyzed to prevent acting out dreams. However, in some cases, this paralysis can persist in a wakefulness leading to sleep paralysis. Now, that sounds like a really scary experience. What are some of the symptoms of sleep paralysis? Now, sleep paralysis 
may you may feel like you're unable to move, speak, as we mentioned before, that you're being held down by a heavy weight of force. There may, there may also be an experience of hallucinations, such as seeing or hearing things that aren't there or feeling a presence in the room. Now, I was when I was looking through this, I'm like, this is really interesting. But other, I was wondering if there's any factors that go into increasing the likelihood of sleep paralysis, and I found that there was. There were several factors that have been linked to sleep paralysis. These include sleep deprivation, irregular sleep patterns, stress, anxiety, certain medications or substances like alcohol and caffeine. I'm, and when I was reading, when I found that out, I was like, I'm not cutting out caffeine. Uh, there may also be a genetic component to sleep paralysis, as it tends to run in families. Now, this is some interesting info, and I'm really glad to share it with you, but are there any treatment for sleep paralysis? Well, there isn't, but there's some strategies that I'll go into later into the episode, but really there isn't like a set pill you can take, so stay tuned for treatment and everything around sleep paralysis. Now, I'm going to take it back a bit and look at the like cultural and artistic representations of sleep paralysis, because I think we can all kind of connect with that. So sleep paralysis has been depicted in various forms of art, literature, and media. For example, Henry Fusley's painting of The Nightmare shows a woman lying down in bed with a demonic creature sitting on her chest, while a horse's head emerges from the curtains behind her. This this painting... (laughs) This painting is often interpreted as a representation of sleep paralysis and is also associated with its hallucinations. In addition to sleep paralysis, it has been used as a plot device in various movies and TV shows. One notable example is the mov- is the horror movie The Nightmare, directed by Rodney Ash- Asher. I'm so bad with names, which features interviews with people who've experienced sleep paralysis and the dramatization of their dreams. Now, it's really interesting to see how sleep paralysis has been portrayed and interpreted in many forms of media and how it's been a source of inspiration for artists and writers. But I found the one of the interest, most interesting things, it linking this back to the historical accounts, is just how it's, funnily enough, such like a consistent human experience throughout time. Now, I wanted to take a little bit of a closer look into the research of sleep paralysis. One recent study published in the journal in the journal Sleep Medicine Reviews found that people who experience sleep paralysis may be more likely to have sleep-related problems such as insomnia, nightmares, and other sleep disorders. The study also found that people with sleep paralysis were more likely to report symptoms of anxiety and depression. Another study, published in the journal Frontiers in Psychology, found that people who experienced sleep paralysis were more likely to have experienced childhood trauma, and that this trauma may contribute to the development of sleep paralysis in adulthood. These findings suggested that sleep paralysis is not just a random occurrence, but rather a symptom of underlying sleep and mental health issues. More research, though, is needed to understand the causes of the potential treatments for sleep paralysis. While I did allude to no cure to sleep paralysis, there are many ways to manage symptoms and reduce the likelihood of experiencing it. One effective approach is to maintain a regular sleep schedule, 
practice sleep hygiene, such as avoiding caffeine and alcohol before bedtime and creating a comfortable sleep environment. Now, another approach to address any underlying mental health issues, such as anxiety and depression through therapy or medications, in some cases, though, medications may be prescribed to help with the sleep disorder associated with sleep paralysis. Additionally, some people have found that practicing relaxation techniques such as deep breathing or meditation can also reduce anxiety and prevent sleep paralysis episodes. Now, it's important to remember that while sleep paralysis can be frightening, it's not a serious medical condition and does not typically require medical treatment. However, if sleep paralysis episodes are causing significant distress or interfering with your daily life, it's always important to seek the help of a medical professional. Now, as always, we always want some time to answer questions of our listeners. We've actually received an email from Emily in Ohio who asks, is it possible to have sleep paralysis during a nap or does it only occur during deep sleep at night? Thank you so much, Emily. While sleep paralysis most commonly occurs during deep sleep at night, it's possible to experience it during a daytime nap as well. In fact, some people who have sleep disorders, such as narcolepsy, may experience sleep paralysis during the day during the daytime naps more frequently than at night. If you have any other questions on the topic, don't forget to make sure you look out for future episodes and also, uh, you know, shoot us on our socials at What Do You Dream Podcast. Now, I also wanted to go a little bit deeper into someone sharing their story with sleep paralysis. We received an email from Claire who, in New York who writes, I've experienced sleep paralysis since I was a teenager. It can be terrifying. One time I saw a dark figure standing at the foot of my bed and I couldn't move or scream. It felt like an eternity before I could really be until I could really break free. It's reassuring to know that I'm not alone in this experience. Thank you, Claire. Really appreciate you sharing your story. We understand again how scary it is, and I'm going to share you a story of my experience with it in a minute. But again, when looking out for help, there are people out there who can assist you, so don't forget to reach out with them. Now, before I share my story... I wanted to take a minute to say thank you to everyone who always submits uh, their content to the podcast. We always appreciate you. Now, a little bit of my story, very similar to what we had with Claire, where my story has to do with me being in bed uh, back in... I've told the story before, but I was sitting in bed. Uh, we did this thing in my... Uh, I did this thing when I was a kid. Well, my brother and I had separate rooms, and but we always had two beds, like bunk beds or whatever, in each of our rooms, and we would do things called, we'd do sleepovers over the weekends. Like, again, so, anyway, so we'd do that, I was sleeping in my brother's room, and we are having a sleepover, and I remember I woke up in the middle of the night, I couldn't move, and I saw, I would swear, swear that it would be a demon on it was like a demon on um the cupboard or whatever and i was freaking out i thought i was gonna die i i felt like it actually felt like an eternity i actually could not move i was freaking out anyway eventually i end up going back to sleep and then i wake up and it was just a <laughs> it was just a teddy bear but there is that moment where you just don't think it's gonna end and but i have never had it since funnily enough so yay I hope everyone out there who has had a similar experience to that d- 
doesn't have to go through what I went through and what Claire's gone through. And yeah, so, but if you do have anything like that, make sure you write it through and um, send it out. Now, before um, I wrap things up, I just wanted to kind of give, end it with like five points. I wanted to end this episode with five points. So if you're suffering from sleep paralysis, there are some things that can help you manage your symptoms and reduce the frequency of these episodes. So first off, number one, improve your sleep hygiene. I've already said it. But what does that mean? You want to establish a regular sleep schedule, avoid caffeine and alcohol, and create a relaxing sleep environment. Practice stress reduction techniques. Meditation, deep breathing, yoga, all these can help. Also, consider making sure you do some exercise. It doesn't have to be intense gym sessions or anything like that. Just go outside and get some exercise. That always helps get you to sleep. Now, if it is a regular occurrence, I would say seek treatment for any underlying conditions. So, as we've as it was alluded to, if it's a reoccurring thing, there might be a bit of trauma. There might be some mental or s- mental health conditions or sleep disorders that actually need further assistance from trained medical professionals. Which leads me back to point number four: talk to your doctor. If sleep paralysis is affecting your quality of life, talk to your doctor about treatments, including medications or therapy. And finally, reach out for support. Not just the doctor, but Look out for some maybe some support groups, talk to a mental health care professional, even lean on your friends and family because you know you can't you shouldn't be suffering in silence. Now, while sleep paralysis can be really scary and unsettling, it's important to remember that it's very common and also it can be managed with the right strategies. And at the end of the day, it can't hurt you in the physical sense. Now, before we go, before we wrap up, I'd like to remind our listeners that the information presented in this episode is for educational purpose on- only and is not intended to substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns about your sleep health or experiencing symptoms of sleep paralysis, we encourage you to consult with any healthcare providers and specialists. Now, with that disclaimer out the way, I'd like to say thank you so much for listening if indeed you still are i've been nick and this has been the what do you dream podcast saying thank you and good night